it is time to tune up the band and celebrate good times. Come on. Da 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 da. DMCA. Woo woo. It is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag <laughs> Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reed, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hello <laughs> there, chaps. How you doing? <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, it's, just, it's just perfect, really. Oh, what can I say good. to that? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a hell of a year, and I'm so surprised I've cu- I've managed to come up with 51 different takes on tuning up the band. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's all the power of the human mind. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, if I'm honest. <laughs> Both. <laughs> oh, but yes, man, like... 51 episodes in it's absolutely insane hey, we're gonna be verging on like 92 hours of audio which is terrifying just terrifying 92 hours of us babbling on about professional wrestling no, again 90, terrifying 92 <laughs> hours of me wanting this to be a, a booker t stand podcast Oh no! It's it's fully ended up being a Booker T stat podcast. Let's be honest. Yes. As much as as much as Booker T is slowly edging his way to making me like him le- slightly less and less. <laughs> it happens to everyone. I I, I lo- like I know what you mean, Dad. Like I love Booker, but uh, on his podcast he does he does he does say some silly things, but I can't help but Look, sometimes he just sometimes he just gets a bit out of pocket. Yeah, just yeah. a tiny bit. <laughs> Alrighty, as ever, we give you this podcast and have been for this past year. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, most recently, of course, every single Wednesday over on Project Dits. (sighs) Always forever pending other platforms. Always Always forgot that one. Always. How could you forget? Come on. It's, it's been 51 Listen episodes. Yeah, it's 51 episodes. Oh. Always be pending. Always. Always. Oh, this is the. Oh, I completely forgot. Like, great. 50 episodes in, and I forget the one gimmick of us is that we're always pending. Yeah. Like I said, come on, know the product. Oh, okay. Right. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, alrighty then, so before we get on to our very special episode, which is a Q&A session about us, about life, about wrestling, and anything and everything in between, it is time to visit Dan for this week's juicy, very juicy by I add, instalment of wrestling news. Dun 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 down. Wrestling news. <laughs> Oh, that was more juice than Juice Robinson there. There we go. Juicy, juicy. Uh, so first off, one thing I'm just going to quickly address. Uh, there's a tweet that's been going around from um, I'm going to say a fairly popular creator, mm-hmm. uh, which said, uh, "Is it time to talk about Bobby Lashley failing as WWE champion?" Mm-hmm. Um, now. First things first, I'm just going to say this. This follows the canon of tweets that I don't like where people pose an opinion and then they say, I'm just asking the question when Mm. you've said it as a statement, which is a separate thing entirely. (laughs) Annoys me to no end. Um, And I'm eternally annoyed by people who, uh, you know, 
post disingenuous opinions for the sake of reaction and engagement. Mm. Um, we'll get into that later in the Q and A though, because there's a question that's kind of similar to that. <laughs> um, but I want to say that um, if you're looking at this and you're seeing Bobby Lashley as the problem, um, I would argue you are not really tuned to the product in the same way that we are. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Bobby Lashley failing as WWE champion? Because Bobby Lashley is pretty consistently one of the best parts of Raw. I think we've made it, we've gone on record uh, as saying that the Hurt Business was the one of the best parts of 2020. So to say that Bobby Lashley is failing, I just don't. I just great don't, form? I just don't see it because yeah. to me, Bobby Lashley is at least one of the most consistent pieces of Raw. The, the thing that's Raw's challenge right now is, A, it, the third hour. <laughs> As ever. And, and B, that, the you know, the booking, the writing, and everything is just starting to alienate people. Yeah. It, it's not Lashley's fault that he's being stuck in, you know, difficult situations as much. Yeah, it's not but, an you know, position. It, it, it's, it's, it's like I said to some people that I've been interacting with, it's like, you know, what are you supposed to do when every feud turns into a best of 17 series? Which reminds me, is the rivalry with Cesaro and Sheamus still going on? I think it is. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, and like I said, it kind of always runs back into this same thing of like, when you know, it, it's kind of got to the point now where people who do raw review shows are choosing not to do them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's become, like, I've noticed that since the turn of the year. I feel like a lot of channels and content creators online, um, I mean, everyone was quite annoyed with Raw at the end of the year. But yes. since 2021, I have seen a lot of people's moods dip dramatically. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. from Cultaholic to Wrestle Talk, Stephen Larson, everyone's just so exasperated with raw yeah because it because it, it, it's like what i said to um my friends i was like the thing is, is I, I often go into checking you know raw results and i'm like oh it was this match again mm. and the thing is well, that's been pretty consistent pretty much the pandemic period yeah remember i i because, personally like, because I, I can remember from the early episodes going over the fucking Best of Nine, Alistair Black Murphy series. Yes, <laughs> Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I, I think if you go, go back into the Sweet Chinwag archives, side note, you'll probably find us going week by week. Yeah, yeah, the same, yeah, the holy, same yeah. yeah, and holy, yeah, like holy hell, we have archives. And but so, like, I remember, like, if I recall correctly, I tapped out from watching Raw. Yeah. Like in the pandemic, because I just couldn't, and I feel like I might have been on the vanguard of that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And so, like, I again, I just I feel like it's not in, it's not in the right place to put this on Lashley at all. No, not, no, it not, was. I mean, was, especially like I know a lot of people. I mean, again, like again, own. it's it's a whole it's a whole thing to get into the whole element of like what is good and what is bad booking and everything yeah. like that, and mm. you know trying to figure out exactly what the issue on Raw is, because at least in my mind, it is a combination of a whole bunch of things. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. It is about, like, seven different factors all interacting with each other. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, you know, we're no, we're no experts. We're three numpties from the southeast of England, so what do we, yeah. what do we really yeah. know about yeah. this? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of of WWE. As surprising <laughs> as that might be to people that listen to this, <laughs> very true. It's just but yeah, yeah, a very. It's a very trying time, I feel, for the WWE product as a whole. And yep. given what we're going to be talking about uh, soon enough in this news segment, um, yep. calling into question the future of WWE as a whole. It's a very weird yeah. time. Yeah. A very weird time. Well, let's get into that next <sighs> bit. We've obviously had a new spate of releases. Uh high profile names included included amongst them yeah um so we'll give you the full rundown now everyone who's listening's probably already heard these before and seen our reaction to it on social on twitter and mm. things like that we have braun Strowman, alistair black lana murphy ruby Wright, and santana garrett i swear to um, god i leave my computer for one day and then suddenly some of the biggest news in wrestling happens <laughs> imagine i'm there happens. right i'm filling out job applications and then i just see this <laughs> literally i i literally was on reddit randomly mm. and then my spider sense just kind of tingled and i was like i haven't gone on squared circle in a bit what's going on and i just click and i'm like oh Oh. oh my god <laughs> um but i mean obviously let's get let's get straight into these for me mm-hmm. obviously for me the biggest shock was alistair black same um but i think for a lot of people the, a big shock was braun Strowman. yeah because that, that's for, for me a lot personally. of people braun Strowman is the prototypical wwe guy yeah yeah and you would have never yeah. been in a million years from the place. ground up yeah by them to work their style in their image is exactly what they want. And he was a world champion last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, like, as the black, I, I hate to say it, I, I, I've always thought that, like, ever since he moved to the main roster, his days were numbered. It's shocking mm. that, he, that they did that in the midst of him doing promos and looking to be building up for a, a thing with with Big E, but apart from yeah. that, that's to apart from that. To be honest, I'm not surprised. To be quite blunt, no, well, yeah. Braun so, Strowman. Obviously, yeah. in 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 the fallout to this, um, while I was there, I did jump on uh, Tommy's stream. Tommy Alistair, da, 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 da. <laughs> um, I did jump on um, his stream talking about it. And a lot of it seems like it was just a matter of circumstances just not lining up right. Mm. The thing he made clear was he had big support backstage. Mm. Like, he had people who were fully invested in, in him. He had the backing of Vince. He had huge backing from Paul Heyman. Um, uh, and they were they were prepared to go on him. Uh, as, as he as said, he was, he was supposed to win the US title from Andrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they decided that they didn't want him to win a main roster title without fans there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that he always had, he always had support. Um, he was given a pretty distinct amount of creative control in his latest character, the Dark Father. That Dark Father was meant to have a new theme, which was due to debut this edition of SmackDown, <laughs> uh, which we won't get to hear, unfortunately. <laughs> um. 
And at, at least as far as I can understand it, all the people who have been in this set of releases are all people who fairly recently signed, re-signed contracts. Mm. Yes. That's that's even more surprising, you know. Like, it's not I mean, the names for me; it's the timing. I think that yeah. gets me. Yeah. yeah, I think that is it for that is it for a lot of people because, like, with like last year, it all kind of came on one day, and a couple of NXT people came a few days after. Yeah, yeah and this Whereas, is like, just... this year; it's been like one to another to another. Yeah. yeah, this has been over a very prolonged period of time, and I have feelings about this. I'll get to that um, soon enough, but I do have some feelings. Yeah. About it. But it has been I such mean... a long, pro- a prolonged period of time. This these releases. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess for I guess for myself, it definitely gives a pretty clear image as to where they see themselves, because mm. again, frankly, their decision to release Ruby Riot, aka Heidi Lovelace, insanity to me. Yes. Like, again, I mean, I mean, we've said this for on socials and stuff like that. Any place that these people go to, they're gonna be in a good position. Oh, yes, absolutely. Crumbs, and yeah. any any company that decides to pick up Heidi slash Ruby is gonna be in a great place. Absolutely, absolutely. Buddy Murphy surprised the yeah. heck out of me as well uh, with these yeah. releases because there he was a guy with the. I think you could definitely say the, the ceiling the most, was so high. Uh, mm, the most untapped potential in the main roster. Yes, absolutely. I, I'd agree with I'd agree he's 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 up there as one of those ones. I'd agree with that. He had an amazing set of matches last year with Alistair Black. I mean those two really went out of their way to go, screw this, we're not having a WWE style match. We're just gonna go out there and kick lumps out of each other. Yeah. Mm. And I thought for, I thought then I was like, all right, well they're both um, well they're both just solidified their place in the roster for years. Ha! How wrong I was. Yeah, about... I think I think the, I think the thing is with Buddy Murphy is that the more I saw him, the more I thought I don't know that he fits the WWE fold. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when this he just kind of he just kind of seemed to be in a different. He just kind of seemed to exist in a different space than other people. Yeah, and that's not and that's not meant to be to his you know to his detriment or anything like that i just think that he kind of was in a different performance space absolutely mm-hmm. i think it's kind of similar to like when we were talk when we've spoken about you know like kind of like when we've spoken about like shinsuke and um, when pack was there mm. you know they're just operating in a different sense to other people that they're putting them with yeah mm. Agreed. I think you only have to look at the match he had with Mustafa Ali on 205 Live to yeah. to, 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 to know and see that. Uh, but when I heard it, I'm going, oh, well, he's going to New Japan. There is no oh, yeah. doubt in my mind, no question in my mind. I'm he just, is booking I'm, it to New I'm Japan just, as soon as possible. I'm just saying, right? Buddy Murphy versus El Despi, IWGP Junior Heavyweight. <laughs> or Buddy Murphy at BOSJ. Yep. Just saying. Yes, yes please. Um, uh, I no. mean, again, like uh, it's it's just crazy mm-hmm. to see these people, and it just kind of come through as like the next wave of them. Yeah. Mm. So I wanted to say my feelings about all of this, and I spoke to a couple of friends of mine about this, 
and it's course it's it's no you know secret the rumor's no secret to anyone who you know keeps up with it but uh i wanted to pose this to you um do you get the feeling that this is nick khan uh cleaning house so he can butter up a better sale of the company so this is obviously the thing that's been running around and it was I mean, I don't know if it was first put forward by SRS, but he was the first person I saw that said it. Mm. Um, and, I mean, part of that is, like, I look at... It's actually kind of odd, really, because recently quite a few big media companies have had absolute huge exoduses of oh, stuff. Because, yeah. mm. I mean, we we can't forget just recently WWE let go, what, 30 to 60 digital editing staff and stuff like that? Yeah. Disney recently released something like, oh god, something like thirty thousand people. Something from, crazy, yeah. It yeah, was like, and, like, we, and like we're like a corporation. Yeah, we're just like we are like um, we are only uh, like a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks um, away from the big um, Warner Brothers AT and T clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, it's going to be the Ty Warner AOL merger all over again. It's isn't it? gonna. That was a which was an absolute catastrophe. As yeah, we all so, know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously that's obviously part of it. And there's there's a whole bunch more like huge media companies that are going to be factoring into that as well that are laying off people. I again I can't remember, but someone again another big you know, film media company recently let go like 500 different members of staff yeah. from various um, departments. Um, I mean, I think the thing for this is obviously we're in the approach to Q3. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so obviously anything they do now is going to show up then. Um, and for obviously most clearly in Q3, it'll be the impact of the previous releases, which were yes. mostly people on somewhat smaller contracts or near the end of their contracts Hmm. so posturing like this is certainly interesting yes um yeah i think one thing to say is obviously wwe has hugely decentralized Hmm. what with the peacock deal um and you know smackdown being mostly under control from fox and usa and stuff like that Um, so I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to see where we are. It definitely screams corporate sale. Gosh, yeah. yeah. I, but mean, I can't see, but I can't see them making any moves within the next. Or I say, I can't see them making any moves within three years. Yeah, yeah. My um, I I saw a lot of that like um, building up for sale, and I would normally call that alarmist. Mm, if yeah. not for the um if not for um, if if Strowman wasn't on that list i would call it alarmist i think that's the key thing for me yeah the rest of them the rest of them you could make very good arguments that they were on their ways out anyway mm. but Strowman is a real one that kind of pricks my ears up about it being a sale and what with the and what with like with what with the corporate climate just yeah. bleeding employees across every entertainment industry. Hmm. It's I, that. Hmm. 
That's what, yeah, that's what gets my attention and thinks that it is possible. The time, the time scale, you could make a debate about that until the cows come home. But exactly. I, I do, yeah, yeah, but I do like, I, I do think it is, yeah, it does feel that way it's to me. Interesting. And I will, I will agree with you, Sam. Sorry, I will agree with you quickly that I, I do believe this is Nick Khan. Yeah, like he's made quite an impact since being brought on uh, oh, last yeah. August. Like he's made his intentions very clear. Like I believe, uh, if the rumours and, and and the speculation is anything to go by, he was the one that spearheaded selling off the network to uh, to uh, NBC. Um, yep. He's been the one to very much cut down departments or uh, special or just do get rid of them entirely. Um, like he's made his presence very well known. I feel um, in that in WWE for sure. And hell, I mean, I guess the the next question is like, if if this is if this is where they're you know positioning themselves for, who do you think would go for them? Like, who do you th- what company do you think would purchase WWE? I mean, in all honesty, yeah, all I mean, so obviously, I feel NBC would probably be the prime candidate, mostly because of their long yeah. established relationship, Vince and Dick Ebersole especially. I think it would it would it makes the most sense, I guess, in the most realistic sense. If they were going to sell it, it would probably be NBC. Yeah. So obviously that is one big thing. Uh, again, this is this is speculation slash rumor, but I've seen quite a few people kind of throwing it around. So I think it might be worth consideration. Mm. Which is that you know there are WWE shareholders that are willing to sell. Mm. Now, of course, that that could just be something someone says in this in this climate. True. Yeah. And have very little <laughs> behind it. Um, I would say NBC mm. seems like the obvious option given the ties that they have and the fact they have the network as well. <laughs> yep. Let's not forget um, the XFL as well. Yeah. <laughs> the XFL. Um, but I mean, because again, like the thing is, people have been throwing around Disney, and I just can't see Disney taking it. I don't see, know why they. I don't would don't see i actually this is my i was actually going to say disney and i will explain why um because they tried getting ecw no, that one's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they played the long game no, no, no. <laughs> but um, um in all honesty um the reason it comes to mind is simply because of espn yeah, that's true. That that's is true. That is that's true. Yeah, yeah, they are, and I had to quickly look that up just to check my work on that. But yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are owned. Eighty percent of the company is owned by is owned by Disney. Um, so I feel like that's a big thing. You can get like you could get like you could get so many of their like their documentaries in, and like yeah, and and it gives it gives them the prestige that they've always wanted. Um, also, on the other side of things, corporately, um, this, Disney has always, uh, right now, in their big monopoly phase, it's been a if we can't build it, buy it. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. and they have always like, and Disney, and what with like, um, it, well, to be honest though, like I would have said it would have been more if John Cena was still in the company actively. I would have been, I would have been screaming to the hills that it's Disney because they would want that money. Yeah, but yeah. Even to that side, just the pro- the product as it stands says 
Disney to me. So they could work with it. Imagine if it was a, if they were acquired by Disney and suddenly Kingdom Hearts Four as a stage where it's nothing but WWE. Please, please, <laughs> please. I, Riku I and Sora fighting with John Cena. I that is such. Sora I, learns how to RKO Hydra. I am I am hearing the Undertaker talking about the darkness, and my brain is is bleeding. <laughs> yes. That's so accurate, though. <laughs> they go Maleficent, Pete, The Undertaker. That's <laughs> awesome. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move this on. Let's move <laughs> this on. In all on. honesty, the one thing it's done, it's it's got people talking, us included. Well, yeah, yeah. It is. It is free exposure. <laughs> exactly. I can't lie. <laughs> Uh, or if you want, and uh, just so I can get the meme in my cursed reality, it's actually Bushi Road, <laughs> and it's going the other way. New Japan owns everything. And we will, and we will, and we will now get a WWE Gacha game. Oh God! Oh, no. <laughs> oof, oof. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. It's interesting, to say the very <laughs> least. Ah, oh, should we talk about what's going on the, on the other side of wrestling, though, Dan? Uh, Double or nothing happened, didn't it? Double or nothing did happen, and I mean, to be fair, pretty much everything that I've looked at is kind of been subsumed by everything else. So, pardon me, not remembering stuff. I really enjoyed Double or Nothing. It's like I, I, I enjoyed tweet, Double or Nothing. I tweet, tweeted after I watched it. It's like when they hit it, they hit it out of the park. Oh AEW yeah, you do. And this this pay per view proved it. Now, granted, a couple of slip ups. We'll talk about the explosion in, 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 at Revolution, of course, and the exploding death match. We talk about oh, yeah. the shoddy camera angles and the blood and guts match. But this one, yes, it's like I'm so happy for them because it's like when they do hit it, they hit it perfectly. It was great seeing a full crowd pack uh, back at Daly's pa- uh, place. Um, yep. They were all for it right from the get go. Like as soon as Hangman Page went out, they were all in the crowd, and uh, it was great. It made it so much more enjoyable for sure. I love Hangman so much. <laughs> He's over. Like and then the and then like the the tag match with the Bucks and Mox and Kingston happened. And this is when I tweeted, seriously, AEW, put the title on Eddie Kingston because he's over as hell. Oh, no, he is so over the fans, as he rightfully should be. Absolutely. And as as fans should rightfully know to do. And... Um, I, will, I will say, and I know what this is going to open me up to, which is more messages from, from fans of them, but I am progressively getting more and more tired of the Young Bucks. I agree. They went a little bit too overboard with this tag match. Uh, you know, this is me coming from them, coming from the guy who voted them as my favourite tag team of last year. <laughs> Again, it's that thing of, look, when they do it right, the Bucks are phenomenal. But sometimes they can be too silly for their own good. And recently, they've been way too silly for their own good. <laughs> It's like, you don't need to, Matt and Nick. I understand, like, right, you're VPs of your own company and, you know, you've got the freedom to do whatever you want and sometimes it's a very hit or miss thing and you're learning on the go. Great. But, guys, dial it back just a little bit and you'll be fine. (laughs) I just think the thing for me, and I don't want this to be a thing of, like, 
throwing out the whole thing of like, oh well, they're all the chappies because they're EVPs, and I'm like, that that is that isn't where I'm coming from with mm. this. I I just think in a company that's espousing so much support for its tag division, I'm not saying the tag titles need to change every week or anything. Oh gosh, no. Just before anyone tries to do that to me. Um, I don't know. I just feel like um, maybe maybe the Young Bucks reign is starting to become a little grating, a I little tiring. I get what you mean. I feel like if they were going to hold the titles, they don't need to do a, a, an extremely long reign because they're the Young Bucks. I think, you know, if anything, yeah. they, they, they've solidified themselves as legends. So if they were going to have a title run... I would imagine it would probably would would have been in my mind if I was going to be in that sort of position of creative. It would have been a um, not a transitional champions, but ones to really bolster a tag team that you know that solidifies them as a genuine contender and ones that can get over with the fans. Yeah, it, it's like I, I I like the idea of them using the status to you know and having the titles to put someone over, but I feel like a little bit of the booking is kind of. The- left to be desired as in creating someone who can win it off them exactly exactly it'll be interesting to see who will win the tag titles off of them because i honestly thought that they would have i thought that the way the reception was going and the way they were going to go for it i thought mox and kingston sound like i would have put them the titles on them at double or nothing because yeah i would have called an audible just to hear that reception from them but you know i'm not tony khan so <laughs> yeah uh, apart from that though anthony agogo did a fantastic job in only Dude, his third anthony match agogo. agogo like i mean a he he basically won my heart with the bit with the i'm i'm saying i'm saying unintentionally botched build <laughs> yep <laughs> um won my heart over but like genuinely he, he can go he can, he can go. go and does a mean frog splash as well. <laughs> yes. uh, it gen- genuinely, I'm I'm so happy to see him doing well and succeeding. Mm. Well, um, and and just being able to show his love for the business through the way he wrestles. Yes. No. I think no. I I got that immediately from that match uh, with Cody, and I was like, you know what? A lot of people have a go at him, and yes, he's he is he's a rookie still. But I think there's a lot of great potential there with Anthony Agogo. Oh, there's a lot of great potential. I want to give a shout out to um, Sheeta versus Britt Baker as well. <sighs> what a match that was. Um, my one thing with this match is going to be uh, a lot of the reaction I saw to it basically can be summed up in um, tell me you haven't watched the Joshi match without telling me you haven't watched the Joshi match before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because this was this was genuinely a really well worked match playing Tashida's style. Yes. Um. I guess in terms of in terms of how the match went, it might be a little bit odd to some people in that like actually the the starting and middle stretches were quite slow. Mm-hmm. But then it like really picked up at the end. Yeah. But sure. um, no, I I absolutely loved it, and I was happy to see Brett. Yeah. You know, taking taking Sheeta to task on her level, yeah, and just showing her and just showing that she can operate on that different level. Crush compared, especially compared to where she was before. Yeah, um, you know, at, at, at like the start of last year, 
she is so versatile as as a performer. It's it's crazy. Absolutely. Uh, world title match. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, yeah. As well as Stadium Stampede as well. So I like. I genuinely enjoyed every match, even if there were some hit and miss ones. Uh, in, yeah, in, on I, I was card. I was a little bit more mixed on Stadium Stampede. It kind of felt redundant. Yeah, given now especially that had, last now that, year's now that they had the fans back. <laughs> yes. Oh, and so like great moments from it, like the telephone oh, spot moments. and the megaphone spot, which made me laugh. No, there were there were, there were, there were absolutely absolutely some great moments. Um, and that that world title match just really played to the strengths of every person. I'm still throwing my hand up and throwing it out there um pack should absolutely hold the AEW world title he is worthy of it and will be a fantastic holder of that title i'm saying this right now if i was going to book it i would have been like you know what give pack the world title and establish an incredible rivalry a kind of go throwback to the very start of aew why not hangman page and pack for the world title i mean would you see that reardon Hell yeah, I would see that. I mean, yeah, come I mean, on, the, man. The, the, the come on thing, now. The, the funny thing is, though, is that I, I, one of the things I would love them to go for is build a a long-term pseudo-rivalry between Pac and Cassidy. Yes, because, like, that match at Revolution got Cassidy over so much, and I feel like they, that, that rivalry has never ended, and they really should yeah. play on that. And like again, this I mean I mean the the benefit that AEW had is that they can have Orange Cassidy and they don't need to give him the title. Exactly. He doesn't need to hold it. And I'm not saying that as in he doesn't deserve it. But he, the way his character works and the way they're using him, he doesn't need the title. But he can be there, he can go and he can be reliable. Exactly. And I feel that's that that's been the credo of Orange Cassidy's entire career from when he was fire Yeah. To, to, to now um, and so I would you know I would love it if there was just a thing where Pac just continually gets more and more pissed off that Orange <laughs> Cassidy is there <laughs> no I, 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 I'd be up for that I mean if the rumour is to go by anything that there will be a trios title Death Triangle yeah. versus the best friends oh, Death Triangle trios title easily you've got you've got Phoenix and you've got Penta who both uh, trained in the lucha style where yeah. trios are, is the standard tag match there you um, go you got the set rivalry now with pack and cassidy best friends death triangle go at it yeah you're basically you're basically preset but like again you know i'm looking at AEW, and I, they've got so many great people that you could give their title to right now because <laughs> obviously obviously we know hangman page is coming eventually oh gosh oh, yeah. yeah when remains to be seen but it's coming. <laughs> I see Pac. I see Brian Cage when they're ready to pull the trigger. Eddie Kingston. <laughs> like... Eddie Kingston. You know, and then and then again you've got Penta. Yeah. Phoenix. I'd love to the, the, the day everyone it shocks everyone when they uh, when they actually put the world title on Penta will be that'll be a very yeah. interesting day to see the uh, fallout from that on Twitter. <laughs> <clears throat> it, is, it is genuinely fantastic that the place that they're in they're, they're in right now. It's 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 nice to see. And if anything, I'll say this, you know. 
it's nothing about drawing lines, you know, picking a side. If anything, of what AEW is doing, the, the fact they've got an incredibly talented roster really should be like, all right, this should and has to bolster everything uh, that WWE is doing. So in, in essence, yeah. we but we get we we should get two incredibly incredibly talented, great mainstream companies. That's the hope. That's the that's the hope and dream as a wrestling fan. Yeah, competition yes. breeds innovation, but it only breeds innovation if they feel like they've actually got competition. Yeah. <sighs> anything else, um, Dad? In the world is there of anything this? else that you want to go over? Because that's kind of just what that's kind of just what I'm I'm done on. Uh, I I guess I just if anything, just the amazing uh, outpouring of uh, people, uh, especially with this month in Pride. Uh, it's an amazing yep. thing to That's see. Incredible. So amazing to see so many wrestlers come out uh, and just give their support, uh, whether they are part of the uh, LGBT community uh, or as an ally. It's such a wholesome and amazing thing to see. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of which, it's time for a special Pride version of Ridden's Recommendation Corner. It's time to go, baby. <laughs> Shoot. All sir. right. Alright, so, seeing as this is Pride, and as a bisexual, I am officially at full power, like Sosa's <laughs> fucking comment has arrived. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a couple of YouTube, a couple of LGBT YouTube people who don't get enough views because um, YouTube's algorithm, well, we can talk about that. <laughs> yep. But, um... <clears throat> But uh, first off is um, Yara Zaid, who is a um, who does various different kind of like movies and stuff. A few favorite videos of mine are um, cult on the the kaiju movie Colossal, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it, mm. and on how Holmes talks about the um, prison industrial complex. Also, one of my favorite movies as a child. She's really good. A very sparkly style let's put it that way <laughs> but it's but like her stuff is really top tier and then next up we have curio they also are a media analyzer and right now at the time of this recording um they they're for the premiere of their video the matrix sequels are good actually is about to come out so i'm excited <laughs> for that we're big fans of the Matrix, all of it. Yeah, on this yeah. on this channel. So, I would highly recommend Curio. They are just like they have. I can't even. But they have so many of their stuff is so good. So you will find some gems. So <laughs> big up to them. A new curious question now, like curious thought popped into my head. Would you have been even <laughs> more excited if the Matrix Four had cast Dave Bautista in a role? Hey, don't talk to me like that. Don't put that. <laughs> okay, but, do, but in does Batista get to wear um, small sunglasses? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, like, there's only, listen, there are only two men in the entirety of the Matrix franchise that should be allowed to wear the no the no um, ear strap sunglasses. That's Lawrence Fishburne and Dave Batista. Those two men. <laughs> get to wear those kinds of sunglasses and i hate that you put that in my head and i will curse you forever 
Uh, <laughs> all right, then. Quickly um, moving on just, before Brady kills me. Can I just quickly take over for a second? Absolutely, Dan. Um, just first of all, I want to say uh, an amazing thank you to everyone who is here mm. and supporting us uh, yeah. while we talk about and do a bunch of stuff in promotion of Pride. Yep, yep. Um, we really appreciate the support that we get for ourselves. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And as creators trying to help give a voice to the LGBT plus community in wrestling um and just get the opportunity to share stories and get to talk about this kind of thing and see all the people who now are wrestling and feel comfortable enough to be open as themselves absolutely um um, my recommendation for this week is the amazing book philosophy smackdown by douglas edwards uh if you've ever wanted a book that combines concepts of philosophy with professional wrestling (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then please do pick this book up because it is great and it really does make you think about wrestling in a slightly different way. I'm so yeah. looking forward to reading this now, Dad. Yeah, I am really looking forward. Like, it's amazing how that book just completely fits in the... in the, It the fits trend. into such a specific niche <laughs> of the intersection of two things that I am like, I don't know how these things would go together, but I'd like to see someone try. And then I'm reading really? and I'm like, this raises really good points. <laughs> this, 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 that book is really the Venn diagram of this podcast. This is yeah. <laughs> High culture and wrestling. <laughs> Basically, all I'm saying is, right, the open invitation's still there, but I still want to see one day one episode of Philosophy Tube where Abigail is dressed like she's part of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. That's all I... That's 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 a vision and an image I want to see in I the I think this future. is our quest now. <laughs> it, is, it is our quest. Abigail. Quest at least. Yeah, oh, it's definitely my quest. Abigail, notice us. <laughs> notice us, Abigail. <laughs> Alrighty, with all that being said, it is time to get on with our Q&A session. Now, our lovely social media manager, Dan, here, uh, put out an open call to everyone on social media, on our Twitter, at SweetChinWag, to give us questions. Anything you wanted to know about us, about the podcast, anything that are about wrestling, about the even like the production process of the podcast. It was out there in the open, an open car, uh, question there for everyone. And I believe, Dan, you have collated yeah. some of the best questions uh, from that. I have that. collated a collection of questions uh, <laughs> for all of us for you to answer. <laughs> and as I said, if you guys are interested, if anyone actually did bring that up, Dad, but if no one did, I am more than happy to talk about some of my previous employment with a certain company if you guys are very interested in uh, knowing about that as well. <laughs> oh, God. This is where we get sued, isn't it? No, I'm trying to be as safe as possible. Diplomatic as possible. Diplomatic, that's the word. <laughs> but no, uh, go ahead, Dad. Uh, you have the honours of, 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 of possibly oh, pre- of presenting this one. Yeah. Um, so we will start off with the first two questions. They come from uh, the Scottish nerd at Scott Nerd, uh, also has his own podcast, Universe Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, first question is: When you put everything together, wrestling skill, storytelling, promos, character work, who do you believe is the greatest of all time? Oh, <sighs> the whole, the complete package. The complete package. Because I know my answer, but I'll do mine last because I'm asking the questions. Ooh. Do you want me to go first? 
Raiden? Yeah, you go first. That's, uh, that's... I mean, I mean, look, the answer's pretty simple for me. It's Daniel Bryan. That's a very good choice. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people doubted his mic skill slash charisma when he first debuted on NXT. Uh, but I feel like he... He he surprised a lot of people but it didn't surprise me because i knew he had that in him from his days in ring of honor a lot of people just thought he was nothing more than technical skill and ring prowess but boy did he win and prove a lot of people oh he showed out and gosh look look at him now like he's one of the like to this day is still regarded as one of the most over baby faces in wwe like yeah. They've killed. Uh, like, like they've killed for so long to have someone who was so over the way Daniel Bryan was, and not just that, but the man is second to none in terms of his ring psychology, his oh, technical yeah. ability, and just be able to tell a match from moves, like even rest holds. He's incredibly gifted in doing rest holds. Rest you and eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, without question. And I'm pretty sure that Joseph will agree with me on that one because he did an oh, old yeah. hour documentary on why Daniel Bryan is the greatest of all time. Yeah. Which was like, God, what a great documentary. It's a great video. Great, great. video. But great. that's fine. Reardon. Uh, sweetest question. Okay. Mm, it's hard. It's so hard. It's so difficult. But gun to my head. Gun to my absolute head. I have to say Ric Flair. Gun to my head, I have to say Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The because the man could just do anything. And I think and I think um I think the passage of time proves that wins that out. Yeah. I would yeah. say. Because it's like I it was between but him respect, and the other... respectfully, Ric Flair has been doing the same thing for what, fifty years now? Yeah. <laughs> and it's and still it's... over. And it yeah, still and, works. <laughs> yeah, not even that it's still over, it still works. <laughs> yeah. It is it, he it is like he has survived the changes up to that up to the point where he retired. So I'm like it has to be him. The closest, the, the second was The Undertaker in, in, in terms of of doing everything in terms of like heel, face, fighting, fighting like um, the more high flying, going for big matches. But it was the passage, the passage of time caught up to him, I would argue, in yeah. just like the last five years of his career. He got close, I would argue. I'd argue he got very close. But... Yeah, I, in terms of it, I have to say Ric Flair. I'd have to say Ric Flair is 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 a boring answer because it's, I think it's a correct answer. Ah, there's no oh, boring no, no. answers. Yeah, I mean, no one did um, the punch in the face and pratfall as good as Ric Flair did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, also, like, again, I, it's, it's the thing of like I would say one of the big marks of leaving a legacy industry is when you have something named after you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And that flair selling is a known thing. Yeah, I mean, and uh, although I will say that it might have, this might be um, me yesterday watching the the um, the promo. Who are you to tell me how to wrestle? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Which is one of the greatest, one of the greatest telling a story promos I have ever seen. I mean, like to be fair, I am one of the people where my opinion will change literally on on some certain fit topics just day to day anyway. Mm. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, right now I gotta say Ric Flair. Um, for me, it's exactly the same as Sam. For me, it's Daniel Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> there you go. The two wrestling fans like... and, the, and, and the casual. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I see how it is. We're drawing down that, that line. All right. Um, no, for, for me, Daniel Bryan can genuinely do anything and everything. And honestly, it makes it seem like he can do it with the utmost ease. Yeah, that is um, true. You know, from when he was doing his heel work in ROH, um, the matches against Nigel McGuinness, um, like they get the ones that I often point to, um, Daniel Bryan versus Takeshi Morishima. Yeah, is like a a mashing of people and styles and physicality that, like, in a way, you think shouldn't work. Mm but he makes it look honestly effortless. Yeah. Um, and and that stems through to, you know, when he was in WWE, to, you know, being the person that the fans wanted. He became yeah. a representation of, like, what the fans wanted to see. Yeah. Mm. Um, through sheer force of will and energy and drive to be able to build that kind of momentum. From sheer, from sheer ability, honestly. From yeah, sheer from, ability. From, purely from just how, yeah. he, how he wrestled and how he went about himself to things like the, the Planet Champion run, which I absolutely adore. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think for a lot of people, it just showed that he can genuinely go between either side and play the entire spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That, that hemp which, title which was, why, so good. was so good. Yeah, which is which yeah. is why I I give him my title of greatest of all time. There are yeah. people that I can think of, that maybe as pure wrestlers, I would put above him. Mm. Mm. Like I would, and go... people that I would say as pure talkers, I might put above him. But as yeah. all in one package, Daniel. Yeah, Brown. yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, because I was going to no. say like honorable mentions for me would be uh, William Regal. Mitsuharu yeah. Misawa, yeah. Uh, The Rock, uh, mm. and um... I, I, I love The Rock so much, like everyone else in this planet. But I don't, yeah. I don't know if I can, if I could put him on that list just due to, to, yeah. to shit actual like wrestling ability, which yeah. sounds harsh, but it's just like he's yeah, just like, like if I, if I was to go through each single point yeah. separately, you'd probably get different answers for each for for all four of them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, actually, as, as an all-in-one being, Daniel Bryan for me. Yeah, Bryan. For yeah, sure. that's fair. Uh, like the cl also another close call is actually Stone Cold Steve Austin, but yeah. um, it's it's hard because of like because of that one that one pile driver changed so much of his style. Yeah, so we can never really know. So I, I guess the question I I guess from this now what we said was, would you love to have seen a match like? Flair in his prime in the eighties versus Daniel Bryan. Yes. Was, oh yeah, if they would. If they would. If they were doing an NWA style match. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. They were doing Listen. an NWA match. Give him sixty minutes. Yes. Yeah. I I I think I would. That would be the greatest um, American wrestling match ever ever done. So yeah, well, not Edge versus Orton at Backlash. <laughs> No, because well, it, it's it's funny you say that because the one I the one I said to people was um, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Savage peak WWE. Oh, but I know, but I know in, 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 in the context of the time, it wouldn't be received the same way as it would now. Yeah, true. Yeah, but you know, 
No, 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 no. I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to, um, I'd have to actually, um, slightly amend that. Um, um, yeah. dra dragon, dragon, everyone at their prime. Dragon Steamboat, Dragon Steamboat, Brian. Oh, that would have been yeah. great. Again, that would be that'd be fantastic. Anyway, moving on to moving on to moving on to the next question uh, again from Scottish Nerd. Uh, what is the most uncomfortable you have been watching wrestling? May Young giving birth to a severed hand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, that's a very fair one. That's a fair one. <laughs> no question. Mm. I'm not even going to elaborate. But you, yeah, that one. <laughs> nah, <laughs> real wrestling fans will know. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable. Because I know my I know my answers, but um... you go because that's an actual like that's that's a difficult question for me. Okay, um, so. Uh, the build-up to WrestleMania 19 between Triple H and Booker T. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, also, is, yeah. is a is a pretty is a pretty obvious one. Mm. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I am gonna say, I'm kind of flip-flopping between things because I'm trying to be, you know, careful about different styles and stuff. Mm. Um, the other one that I am going to say uh, was probably the first time I watched a BJW match, Big Japan Wrestling. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't blame Because I don't think anything could have prepared me for what I was going to see. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But it was oh. still instrumental in me becoming a deathmatch ghoul, so... <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, my, the most uncomfortable for me... Um, New Jack. Yeah, yeah, Just straight up. New yeah, Jack. That, again, that's 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 entirely up there as well. Yeah, I, like I like there were a couple ones that were smaller, but I think it was the intent that yeah. got me. Well, because like I said, there there was other stuff as well. So I was thinking like, um, you know, like the third, uh. God, it's, it's one of the early Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka matches yeah. where Mike Awesome dumps Masato Tanaka on his neck to the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are also some other ones. So, like, um, I was gonna throw it. Do you remember the Piggy James storyline? Oh, that. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. yeah that's, that, one. That, that made me feel really more even in the context of time, even though it was like. Oh wait, no, actually, I got, I got one, I got one in general. Eddie exploitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, in the like reference to New Jack as well. I like. Um, I I only ever watched two minutes of it, but it was the mass transit incident made me very yeah uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. Just I mean, that makes everyone feel uncomfortable. Actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for good reason. <laughs> for, A very for good, good reason. reason. Yeah, that. Yeah, those are those are my answers. I would say. Um. Okay. Uh. Oh, from a boy Steve at SCW Wrestling Channel. Hey! What was the moment, match, or storyline that made you a wrestling fan? Oh. Oh. I have two, actually. For some reason. Like, I have two. I have two. Mom, the two ones that made me a wrestling fan is that, and I think I've said this before, I can't remember who it was. And it's going to make me sound so brutal. <laughs> But I don't know. I can't remember which, like, it was both during the Attitude Era, mm. where um, this one, where I don't know who it was, but I believe, like, it was 
a wrestler and his um his female valet mm. and he picks up the steel stairs is about to 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 like hit you know hit his bone and blah 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 and like they he does the classic dodges out of the way and he smacks this woman with the steel steps in a way I've never seen someone sell before or since. It was a fantastic sell. And it was one of the most violent. I was like five years old and it's one of the most violent things I've ever seen up to that point. And I was just, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. Like when you're five years old, especially at that time, like there's that whole thing of you don't hit a woman. You don't hit a woman at all. So to see like a woman get bodied, blasted with the set of steel steps, yeah, left an impression, and I was like, I have to see more. And then it was um, I me watching Goldust get electrocuted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just seeing that and being a what the fuck am I watching here made me that just made me a fan forever to see that kind of absolute madness (laughs) for me um two kind of big factors when i started watching wrestling um uh one of them was kurt angle like yep kurt angle kurt angle call me kurt angle (laughs) kurt angle's rookie year is still revered and i rightly so for being one of the best damn rookie Dude, years again, that's, anyway. why it, that's why it lives in legacy yeah but his character work of being an absolute <clears> goofball <throat> was amazing i mean let's remember the whole invasion thing with the jimmy crack cord and i don't care i've got olympic oh. gold <laughs> with the cowboy yeah. that was great but i feel like for, uh, another one a big one was um chris jericho yeah, Chris Jericho's character, his in-ring prowess, the matches he would have with uh, with uh, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Benoit, were absolutely amazing. Because I know everyone, everyone loves the main event scene. Everyone loved Rock, Austin, Triple H. Everyone was absolutely invested in that. But it was the mid card where I was like, this is really winning me over. Like these guys are doing some amazing like backflips, you know, uh, transitions into like headlocks rolls. Uh, takedowns mm. it's just it was so even at that age i became a te- uh, a technical wrestling lover so i guess you could say from an early age i was a mark <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes sense mark. makes sense hey. makes sense uh, actually, i can't i can't, I can't protest that <laughs> <laughs> all right what do you got what do you got dan uh for me they're both matches <clears throat> hmm uh, first one was when my uh, my older brother showed me uh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc 1997. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, because I remember looking at it and thinking like, "Oh God, this is like the stuff Power Rangers do, but in real life." <laughs> yeah. Um, and just being absolutely entranced by it. Um, and I get, I guess it's just that thing of like. How the hell do they do this? <laughs> and like, even though I just didn't properly understand what was happening, it was just one of those things that I just saw it and was just like, well, I, I immediately love this right now. This yeah. is now my new favorite thing in the whole world. Um, <clears throat> the other one, though, uh, 
as I will be discussing uh, over at with the guys over at Stranger Rings. Uh, TLC two. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, yeah, that do it. Uh, any of the early TLC matches um, absolutely blew my mind as a young person going back and watching them. Yes. Um, and just thinking, like, how the hell are people allowed to do this? <laughs> and how the hell are people bringing this together as a thing? Like, there's just so much happening that you just watch it and you just kind of get you literally just being drawn in, like, pulled in by a string just with each next thing that happens. Mm. Yeah. And it absolutely, like, changed my perspective on... I say it changed my perspective on wrestling to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just remember from seeing it just being like, oh, my God, this is, like, my new favorite thing in the world now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, next, from the boys at Making Kayfabe. Hey! Would you rather fight one Great Carly-sized Hornswoggle or ten Hornswoggle-sized Great Carlies? Okay. Now these are Hornswoggles. They've also added the clarification that the, the ten Hornswoggle-sized Great Carlies would be known as Carlittles. <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> Vertically challenged? Oh, God. Uh, hmm. Could you imagine the, a great Carly-sized hornswoggle? <laughs> I can. So here's the thing. Hmm. I, I would actually say um, great Carl, great Carly-sized hornswoggle because great Carly, like hornswoggle, still has. Um, relatively short reach in terms of like actual like arm reach <laughs> so i think like a real stick and move style could yeah, actually this, work this is how you can know that we're we're higher level thinkers right because we're considering this information <laughs> <laughs> no like you've got to consider that right oh, no, like... no 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 oh, look, trust me when you when you get to me i'll be i'll give you a full itemized description <laughs> yeah like whereas like 10 10 great 10 hornswoggle sized great carlies will still have that arm reach and will still be able to quite whack you quite hard 10, see, 10 on 1. See, thing is, for me, I would go for the car little, mostly because if they were going for the brain chop, they wouldn't hit your head. You'd be able to, they'd be hit, I mean, your shins will hurt like hell after the match, but it's like you could easily just kick them around for a little bit. Um, this is this is a side oh, note. For anyone that listens to this episode and wants to do some, ed and wants to do some uh, Photoshop work for us, could you please take a picture of the great Carly, make him short, and then add text that says, Mum says it's my turn on the Xbox. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe Xbox. <laughs> oh God! No, I no. I you see, you like we're not talking like yeah. They're not going to be able to brain chop, but they're going to be able to body chop. And ten ten of them body chopping is gonna it's gonna take you down. It's gonna take you down. I I, I disagree highly. It's gotta be. It's I gotta mean, be if they're the... doing the ex if I mean if they're walking the exact same as Carly does, just like slowly stomping, you'd be easily given the run around. Sure. Nah, nah, mate. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. Nah. All right. Here, here's here's my rationale. Right. Okay. What have you got? Here's my, here's my rationale. First off, I don't like the numbers disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there's mm -hmm. ten of them and one of me, mm -hmm. even though they are shorter than me, which is um, 
unusual for me to say the least <laughs> um there, there's still 10 of them right yes. like if if i get if i get cornered that's it it's a wrap yeah right second of all i'm just thinking right right it's one great carly sized horse all right yeah i'm going for the legs yeah exactly i'm going exactly. for the legs Every yeah. day of the week. You're, you're gonna go yeah. full Anoki against Ali. Just go straight for the yes. legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Remember, I'm we there. are. I'm there. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really tall hornswoggle, right? Mm. I'm I'm thinking in my head, right? Like you said, mobility advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I've got. I think I've got the movement. Keep it. Keep it to the mat. Go for the legs. Yep. Slowly chop him down, Rey Mysterio style. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then from there, it's like not plain sailing, but like it's a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, either way, keep... either way, it's not going to be an easy night for anyone if you go up against either option. No, 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 no. either one will still end up with me being horrifically bruised afterwards. Yeah, yeah. look, look I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm still collapsing to the ground. What I'm saying is strategically, like the, I think, I think you are underestimating how like 10 10 come on man i know you i know you are tall the tallest of us by a country mile sam but nah mate you can't be doing that can't be doing that (laughs) fair enough See, like I said, we had considered this. We are higher level thinkers. Yeah, exactly. All this though reminds me. I feel like, man, I miss Bryson Dillon. I feel like we need to get them back on the show again. <laughs> yeah, well, after I said, well, after we're done with June, we'll have people. We'll have people back. Absolutely. It's just that June is very busy. <laughs> now nah, we miss you, Bryson Dillon. Still loving what you. We doing. love you guys. Love the Spike Dudley episode recently. So. Oh. Love some uh, t- more attention to Spike Dudley. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, next question, Josh Robinson. Hey, hey! says, "Where are you coming to visit Josh in Australia?" My answer to that is, uh, when someone gives us enough money that we can go to Australia. Can I just say? Can I just say for the record that I am terrified of the continent of Australasia, and I will, I will have to be go there kicking and screaming. However, if some is it because every one of the prerequisites of opening the car is just spraying air to make sure a spider's not living in the handle? Yes! <laughs> As a matter of fucking fact. I don't give a... F- they always talk about... It. Listen, okay, time to go on a fucking rant here. They always talk about, oh, don't worry, it's not like... You know, it's only on the outback. Fuck off! No, it isn't. They're everywhere. They're fucking spiders. The size of dinner plates. Everywhere. Oh, they're not poison. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. There's spiders the size of dinner plates. Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. It'd have to be for a job. You'd have to pay me. You'd have to pay my hotel. I'm not I'm not going to Australia willy fucking nilly. Nah. Nah, mate. <laughs> With that being said, if you wanna pay if you wanna pay us to go, we'll go. That's it. <clears throat> nah. So I'm guessing that's Mm-mm. a hard no for Reardon. Sorry, Josh. That's a that, that's a that's a fuck you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what we, that love, is. we love you, Josh. Keep doing what you do. You're an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you keep going, Josh. Yeah, like I said, if if a company wants to come along and give us a bunch of money and say, "Hey, we're paying for you to go to Australia," then yes. 
Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> Or until true. we're earning enough money that going to Australia, just deciding it is a viable option. Uh, on your own. <laughs> uh, Connor from Wrestling With Fiction says, if you could pick a character from any medium, TV, film, anime, comics, games, etc., who would you want to see make a wrestling debut? And he says that he hopes that we're having a lovely day. We are. We are, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Connor. That's a damn good question. That's a damn, damn, damn good question. See, when it comes to... You know, it's funny asking that question because a lot of, like, of like my favourite characters in media <laughs> are based on wrestlers. So yeah. it becomes that thing of, like, of, oh, do I just put someone in that's based on it? Uh, with that being said, however, uh, I have two. I have two. I've always had this. I've always wanted like a what if on what if like Spider Man stayed a wrestler because that's how it was canonically. Yeah. He was he, he was an entertainer yeah. slash wrestler. I would love to see like a little thing of him. Like what if he actively just stayed in the wrestling and just made a debut i think he'd be good i would love to see like i'd love to see how his gimmick would change that would be fascinating <laughs> i uh, for this one i feel like the the greatest character in in, in anime who has a who has an arc that is pretty much atypical of a professional wrestler is vegeta yeah vegeta is a god-tier heel God yes. heal heal. I could. I mean, could you imagine that? I yeah. Mean, could you imagine Vegeta, yeah. the quest to hunt for the greatest, the greatest title in wrestling, and it eats him up alive, and suddenly he has to turn heel when he lines with a uh, mighty Boo, who's been the champion for so long. I think actually, my my uh, my booking for this would be uh, Vegeta as general manager. Yes. Yeah, that would be that would be because especially considering it would be a lot of like because back to you think tonight you're going one on one with me and he just beat the crap out of everyone. Kakarot tonight. Yes. But um, yeah. In terms of actual like anime characters, I would Alex Louise Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is my is my honest to god pick. <laughs> Why didn't they give Broad Strowman that character? It would have been perfect. Oh, if they gave him the mustache. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love that shit. You could you besides you could definitely see him like I'd love to see Armstrong versus Iron Sheik. That would be a fucking match right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who can make the other humble? <laughs> Um, if you want my, if you want my options, uh, one is, I think it's actually one that you, that, um, he's already done on one of his episodes. I can't remember if he did it exactly. Uh, I'm going to say Majima Goro. Yes. Oh God. Because I think like Majima is just like prime Japanese heel. <laughs> and also, um, in the context of in the context of the Yakuza games, uh, he keeps kayfabe alive. <laughs> he would have no, one of the most truly <laughs> tremendous WrestleMania entrances. Let's be honest. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Coming out of a manhole cover because you know got to keep kayfabe, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's 
that's definitely up there that's for a, me. That's a damn good, yeah, yeah. Just because it, it would just, it, you know, just a guy who's seemingly completely off his nut with an eye patch and loads of tattoos that wrestles in dress pants. <laughs> so basically, that sounds like Yakuza Orange Cassidy, frankly. In a, you know what? In a way, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Special shout out for me would be Method Man, especially well, just his character in the Def Jam games. The yeah. Wu Tang, the yeah. Wu Tang Clan, the Wu Tang as a, Clan, as a, as a stable. Like I don't know if they count. Do they count? They technically would count as a stable. They would count. They as, would, I absolutely. guess they would count as a stable and or faction, depending on who you are. Yeah, yeah. Although, though, what are you saying? That go Japanese style. Uh, the Wu Tang unit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, God, oh, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, fucking all dirty bastard versus Mick Foley? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> now that would be a fucking match. The the RZA and the Jizza versus Dangerous Techers for the IWGP Tag Team Titles. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, there. Um, if I'm going anime, I, f- I feel like the obvious. This is going to sound like an obvious answer for me, but probably Dio. <laughs> yes. I, mm, I feel like. I Joe- did think. I did think on that. I'm not sure, actually. I feel like JoJo is just, like prime I, picking yeah. for professional I mean, I, I, yeah. just, I, I, I just see it as like, you know, that. Um, I, I guess I would say evil general manager. Yeah, I would say like not wrestling. Like, like no. his like his life's mission is just to fuck over this one particular person. Yeah, I to be honest, to be honest with you, I think he would make a much better like a Paul Heyman. I yeah, imagine that's, he'd that's, like, that, yeah. like that's what that that's the kind of thing I'm going for. See, Dio yeah. would have been perfect for Lucha Underground. Yes. Oh, absolutely. oh, perfect. Oh, um, absolutely. And then for comics, this is probably going to sound stupid. I'm going to say Harley Quinn, and I'm going to say Harley Quinn for the explicit reason of every single promotion I've seen that's either gone heavy on women's wrestling or has tried to go for a women's wrestling-centric approach has tried to have someone who is just Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So just stick Harley Quinn in. Yeah, just, yeah, just cut, Everyone's cut out. Everyone's tried to copy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just just cut the middle cut the middle woman out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put her in there. <laughs> oh man. I was gonna what say, yeah. Question. I was gonna what say, you know, question. you know, because it's always brought up and we brought it up at the WCW episode. Eric Draven versus Sting. <laughs> Who's the better crow? <laughs> I mean I mean like the crow is indestructible unless you actually attack the crow. So, I mean, I'm sorry, Sting. <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, next question from Nathan Greenaway, who is over at the guys with uh, Project Dits. I think he's with Plus Added Time. It might I be with Hallway. So. Uh, says, would you recast Hugh Jackman as Van Helsing in a reboot? <laughs> No. no. You know what? Actually, no, because there is because Van Helsing is meant to be old. Yes. And like, and like you know, Hugh Jackman ages like Wolverine, so he's fine. Yes. Yeah. 
You could very easily do. I would love to see like. I would love to see him a Van Helsing movie where he's a lot more. Um, a lot that, but then again, like I actually think the about early it. years of Van Helsing, the Vampire Hunter. Yeah, you know what? Actually, thinking about it, I think I would prefer if Hugh Jackman had been cast in the Castlevania anime. True. Yes. I think that 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 is what I would need. Would you have had him as would... Trevor Belmont? Or would you have had him as Van Helsing? I would have him either as Van Helsing or um or that character, the the, the um Count Sinjaman. Mm. I would have casted him. <laughs> That's what I would have done. But as for actually doing it, I mean, who would you get in a remake of Van Helsing anyway? Um God. I know the opportunity at this point is probably passed, but if they did one like a good decade earlier or so, I probably would have said Jeff Bridges. Ooh, that's a, that's a solid one, actually. But I mean, basically, my my prerogative for that is uh, True Grit. Yeah, yeah. No, but like, because yeah. Jeff Bridges is like the aged vampire hunter who's like progressively done with shit, but also acknowledges like the the inequities inherent to his role. <laughs> I've got a cursed, but I've got a cursed casting. Oh, um, Nick Cage. I mean, yeah, that is cursed. That is cursed. <laughs> now, now, Nick, now Nick Gage, the vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, DK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Smashes Dracula with a light tube. I bet the I'd say casting wise, how about the guy who did the uh, who did the performance for Heisenberg in Resident Evil Village? Good shout. Good shout. Good shout. But yeah, as for like as for a remake, nah, man, you could you could get him back. You could get him back. Of course. Of yeah. course. I disagree in recasting. <laughs> uh, going on next, we'll cover a few questions because they ask quite a few. Uh, Wrestling by Waldridge, who's oh, again yeah. another great guy. Mm-hmm. First question What is your favorite pay per view of all time? Ooh. Ooh. Of all time. I can spring my own off the top of my head SummerSlam 2000. Fair. Hmm. I uh, my honest answer is I don't have one. My honest answer, <laughs> I my my one is like I have pay per view matches that I adore, but in terms of um, yeah, I don't think I have a full one. I honestly, yeah, I I I would say SummerSlam two thousand. It's by no means the perfect card. There's a lot of there's quite a few bad matches on it, but there's enough great matches that it sticks pretty intensely in my memory as one of my favorite ones of all time. So mm. even though it's not like got the most amazing matches or anything like that, uh, it it's the one that sticks out the most in my head. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna say <clears throat> ECW One Night Stand 2005 because everything Ooh, everything was so. Every element was so on point. Like the crowd were into it. Paul Heyman was into it. The wrestlers they got in there were just wanting to this to work, and it did. It did, and then some. Like yeah, yeah. That that one night stand does have a very particular 
alchemical energy that can oh, never yeah. be replicated. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the energy you get when you actually, like, you know, pay tribute to the thing you're paying tribute to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And of course, that of course of that, that did give us the great sight of watching uh, the next couple of weeks of watching Stevie Richards twat JBO over the head with a steel chair. <laughs> Big mood. Big mood. <laughs> uh, next question: What is your opinion on a potential partnership between New Japan and WWE? I don't see it working. I just don't. As I, I said, really. Oh, God, sorry, Ian. No, I don't see it working. Those companies are far too different. Far, 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 far too different in terms of style and in terms of philosophy. It's That's a mess. I'm sorry. It's it a really cultural is. chasm, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, as I said last week, it's it's been well documented in the past. They did have a working relationship in the 80s, uh, for yes. sure. Um, today's day and age, um, uh, I can't, I can't realistically see it happening. Um, but you know, you never know. It does open the option of having some really great matches. Of course, it does. Yep. You know, when you go, when you, when you hear stuff like this, the fantasy booking part of your brain always goes into overdrive. But I feel because, yep. so, as we said, the cultural chasm. I feel like it wouldn't. It wouldn't be as beneficial for both companies if they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my view on it is, obviously, there's a whole bunch of, um, you know, the, the fantasy booking stuff. Um, and, you know, the you know the ideas that you could have. But personally, I feel like the two companies operate on, you know, completely different philosophies completely different styles um and like, like i've said to my friends who don't watch japanese wrestling pretty much at all <clears throat> japanese wrestling fans like completely different stuff to what american fans do oh yeah there's a, there's a completely different cultural sense and perception about you know, what wrestling is <clears throat> how wrestling works and how wrestling should be yeah and you know it's like it's like not everyone's going to mesh over and i feel like we've kind of seen that with nakamura with kenta as hideo itami mm. yeah. um, and it, but... it, 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 it's like it's like i said to um some friends of mine who again have no exposure or very little exposure to japanese wrestling for example someone like shibata cannot exist outside of japan no mm. no Someone like, you know, Minoru Suzuki or Satoshi Kojima, or you know, if we say the end, the New Japan old guard could not exist in the WWE environment. No, there's simply no, there's simply no place for them, and I think that extends out even to some of, you know, like, uh, like the Young Lions now with like Gabriel Kidd, Yuya Uemura, Ren Narita. You know, they they just exist in their own space. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. I just don't feel like there's there's that crossover to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. I agreed on that one. Uh this this one and then this last one is just quickly following on. <clears throat> Do 
Do you think Daniel Bryan's desire to wrestle opponents outside of WWE could have had anything to do with these rumours? Uh, to which I say, potentially yes. Absolutely, oh, I'd say. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, with everything that's gone on, Nick Khan would probably want to keep him on <clears throat> as he's one of the probably the biggest draw that they have in the company. So, yep. you know, Daniel Bryan expressed interest of wrestling outside of that. They expressed wrestling in Japan and Mexico. So... It probably in his mind is all right. We'll go to the source of of the of the yeah. issue. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's other stuff as well. Like, not only like a month before this, Nakamura came out and said, "I want my retirement match to be against Tanahashi." Um, and you know, and you know stuff like that. You know, you talk about you can talk about the influence of guys like um, AJ Styles, obviously Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor. Yeah. Um. You know, you could look at the uh, the growth of guys like Kushida in NXT mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as being a potential cause for that. One of the new guys over in 205 Live, Ikem Enduro, yeah. um, who's absolutely growing a, a small fan base over there um, as being part of it. And I, again, I would say the, the general growing sense of awareness of Japanese wrestling in the U.S., I mean, I would say in the UK, it's actually probably at a higher level than the US, just because yeah. of like pro and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, say, I'd argue. Yeah, I, I'd argue if there was a bigger, um, if there was an actual like big company that was in the UK, I'd argue that the UK, UK Japan, that could work very yeah. easier, much much easier than than America yeah. Japan. Mm. But yeah, I, I feel like it, it. It's quite a few things coming together along with what I believe it to be, which is corporate posturing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, whether or not it's Nick Khan or if it's IWGP management wanting to kind of, you know, pressure the deal they already have. Because, mm. like, let's be fair at this point, now ROH has exclusive deals with CMLL, ROH, and AEW. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, as partner promotions uh, and I guess now kind of in a way that it also extends out to Impact through New Japan Strong yes so to then all of a sudden say let's drop every single bit of that while we're in a bunch of storylines to then jump over to WWE is a uh, an odd decision <laughs> But there have been more odder things that have happened in pro wrestling. Oh, oh without oh. question. <laughs> uh, next one from the guys over at It's Our House podcast. Um, where do you think Braun Strowman would be best suited after leaving? Impact. I, I, I had a little thought about this when I saw the story. And I, and I thought to myself, he would really... If 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 he if he really wanted to go back, because I have heard that he wants to go into uh, into competitive bodybuilding, um, Impact would be a nice place for him. I guess as a, I guess you could say as a stopgap for his career. I, I I think he generally would be treated well. He's got a he would have a wealth of good competitors over there. Um, you know, not mentioning you know names like Big Cass, Moose as well. Yeah. He would have great matches with. I even think he'd have some great uh, uh, matches with uh, Rich Swan as well. Yeah. I think it would be a nice. It would be a nice way to start his career in the indies, if he was to go down that road. Yeah. Freedom. Ah, oh, 
Yeah, I would. I, I agree with Sam here, but I, it, uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see AEW really. No. New Japan, definitely not. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with Impact. I haven't got much to say. I think that's it. Best idea. I'm, I'm probably going to be the splitter here and jumping off something that Rin said. If he was, if he was genuinely about it, and he was genuinely about saying I'm staying in wrestling, mm-hmm. then I would say to him, given some of the track record they have, it's not perfect. Mm. Go and be a gaijin in Japan. Mm. I don't know, man. I really... All I'm saying is, right? If they were able to deal with Albert and Tomko. And they did do quite well mm. over in Japan. Quite prolific. They had uh, careers they had over there. So I'm just saying, like, if he if he was genuinely about it, and genuinely wanted to stay in wrestling, I would say potentially go to Japan, become you know, take your place as a monster gaijin wrestler. Probably pick up a good few advertising deals while you're there. <laughs> yeah. Become a bit of a media celebrity. Um, and go that route. Mm. Um, impact is impact is obviously there as well. Yeah. Um, but as I said to other people, I wouldn't be surprised if the next time I see Braun Strowman is while watching World Strongest Man on Channel Five at two a.m. <laughs> True. Um. So yeah, that that's what that's what I would say if he's about it japan if he's interested in going the route on the indies which given some of the bridges he probably completely scorched given his statements last year Mm. um maybe impact (laughs) uh and then just lastly for this set of questions uh what did you make of the 60 minute ironman match on impact now i'm assuming rin you haven't seen this I have not seen this because I'm, you know, I, I'm yeah. busy at all. <laughs> uh, if you want my opinion on it, um, <clears throat> disregarding my views and opinions on TJP, mm. which are strong, mm. um, let this be the cause for everyone to see the pure talent and ability of Josh Alexander. Mm-hmm. And let it be known just how good he is. Um, he is he he is incredible, and I'm happy that he is getting more and more attention as time goes on, and people are seeing him more as a singles wrestler. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've I've I absolutely loved his work since he was in the North. Um, and of course it and of course it, it's a great show for Impact as well. Josh Alexander's kind of committed to them at this point, so yeah. it is it is genuinely good to see that he's still able to do that and impact is still able to put out high quality stuff even though they've kind of been in a bit of a dire position recently absolutely um no uh, pretty much everything dan said uh god is josh alexander good (laughs) yeah he's really good i think that that leaves us i think that leaves us where we are with it (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much Uh, okay, going over to the questions that we got sent, uh, private messages, stuff like that. People don't want to be named or whatever. Uh, 
Wrestling crush, then and now. Oh, no. oh gosh. <laughs> oh, God. Then, now, forever. Okay. Oh, God. I, gu I, guess, the, I guess the phrasing of it is, <clears throat> like, who is your first and who is current? Oh, no. I'm guessing that's the phrasing. I probably should have clarified this with them, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Damn, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, then uh, was uh, Victoria. Yeah. A.K.A. Tara, for those who don't know. <laughs> um, now is probably oh that's uh i'm just trying i'm just trying to think like okay i i will say uh oh my god this is like this is, <laughs> i know why, right? why is this, the, why is this yeah. the one that racks my head yeah i have my now my den what was my den? um okay i i'm just gonna say oscar and finn balor <laughs> fair very fair so yeah i guess for me crush why i never really have had say a i was crush. gonna say is this gonna be like yeah. a consideration for you or yeah you're gonna pass out on this one i was gonna say no it's it's because i've never really had a crush but i guess you could say that the the i guess the closest thing i could say would probably be complete and utter respect for them so molly holly was then and probably yep. still is now but the one yes. now has to be born nakano <laughs> to be, you know what that's fair that yeah it's entirely true. fair yeah, um, for me, Den, having to wrap my brain, Den, it was Mickey James. Mickey James, yeah, yeah, Mickey James, AJ Lee. We're yeah. kind of, we're fuzzing the timeline a bit, but I say Den. <laughs> now, and probably forever, it's Asuka. Base. I've seen, I've yeah. seen too many, I've seen, and it's like, I've seen... I've seen her in the ring and be like, "Oh my god!" And then I think it's the I think it's her her um, her her online her social media persona that makes me go, "Oh no, she's everything!" Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear! Was not I was prepared for her to be like a relatively relatively like stoic or not wanting like you know relatively shy. I was not prepared for her being absolutely adorable and yet able to <laughs> kick someone in the face and yeah. with that because like that's the thing i was there and i was like there's like at least like seven people i could probably list on mm. here at some mm. at certain points yeah but really thinking about it yeah in terms of crushes yeah mickey james mickey yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay that's... uh favorite person or favorite wrestler not to win the dub uh, um, top title favorite person to not win the you know i've been lucky in that most of the guys that i really wanted have won at least yeah. once mm. so 
If, yeah, uh, if I'm talking, Sam, about, if I'm talking about someone who didn't win the big one in WWE, I mean the obvious answer is Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah, but the guy won. They just, said, they, they just said they just said the favorite your favorite wrestler to not win a top title. Mm. Yeah, so if I was going to say in WWE, I would probably my answer would probably be Joe. He won ev- It's it's crazy how he won everywhere except WWE. It's criminal, yeah. almost. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is criminal. It is criminal. <laughs> I'd say that's mine. I'd go for that answer because that's a very nice kind of turnaround kind of yep. answer. Yeah. See, even I think the Hurricane won something. So it won the cruiserweight title. Yeah. So really, I actually don't. Mm, this is tough. Mm, this is very tough. Dan, I gotta think more on this. I gotta really think more <laughs> on this. To, do you want me to do mine? Yeah, please, please, please. Uh I mean I'm probably gonna I mean in inside WWE, these ones are probably gonna seem really, really random. Um I'm gonna say uh Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's weird. Uh Shelton Benjamin's definitely up there for me. Uh John Morrison. Yeah. Um. I mean, Joe is up there. If I'm looking outside of WWE, I mean Monty Brown. Oh crumbs! Yes, I think Monty, Monty Brown Brown's is the obviously up answer. there for me. It's like it's like the universal answer. Um. And then. I mean, when it comes when it comes to New Japan, um, there's a few people floating around. I'm gonna ignore Minoru Suzuki because he again he won basically everywhere else. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say Ishii. Yeah, that is I think it's kind of criminal show. that Ishii hasn't won. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't won the IWGP um, heavyweight. Yeah, I think with me, everyone that I've really wanted to win has won at least something. Mm. So yeah. I, I, I think I have to, um, I have to recuse myself from this question. <laughs> okay, and then the last one in my set of questions. Uh, yeah, and pretty, pretty broad. But um, what are your tips for people thinking about becoming online creators? Oh, don't do it. um oh god okay real talking oh jesus we're giving like career advice now shit um i'm not the person to ask about that but Um, I've got a few. Shall I go? Yeah, you, you, you do it. You do it, and I'll have my own little. I guess general one for me, uh, the one is, don't ever go and come in with delusions of grandeur uh, when you start out with this one because um, that way you'll fail instantly. I know it's a very cliche answer to say, but for when I when I when 
I, you know, started this with these two. I wanted to do it as a way of just being able to chat wrestling for two hours with these guys. Yeah. Uh, never yeah. in a million years would I ever have expected this to be what it was. It was just us now. speaking into the void. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, just enjoy what you do. Yeah. As well. Just, just absolutely enjoy it. And that's that, that's kind of what I would say to people. Don't come in with delusions of grandeur, and make sure you enjoy what you do. Again, yeah. very cliched. Welcome to my TED talk. Go off the reading. You can you can go. Yeah, you can go now. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, as you said, enjoy what you do, um, and make sure you enjoy what you're creating. Um, this one's more coming from the musician side of my brain, but. Uh, don't force yourself to be creative because all you will do is annoy yourself when you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess the other one I would say is don't let what you're creating subsume your life. <laughs> yes. Because I know a lot of people take it as, um, oh, okay, well, I create stuff about wrestling, so I need to immerse myself in wrestling like 24-7 mm. or whether or not it's like news about gaming or if it's about film or whatever um and like yes through this now wrestling is much more a part of my life than it ever was before <laughs> uh, and part of that is down to me and, and my decision to you know take up the mantle of doing the news and stuff like that <laughs> um but if you let what you're creating about become the only thing in your life you will start to feel incredibly dissatisfied yeah yes <laughs> i very wear out. down on you quickly mm. yeah um before you even before you even realize <laughs> i had that happen to me um very funnily enough when i worked at what culture um mm. it became an all-consuming part to the point where i absolutely detested watching wrestling uh, for a little bit yeah. because it was just it was the constant thing of I had to make shoddy list videos um, during the day and then I the last thing I wanted to do was watch professional rest yeah exactly it's what I said to these guys um, yeah. put out on Twitter god it would have been back in like October now mm. <laughs> I, I want to say it was October where like I just realised that I had made wrestling my life and yeah. I was just not. I was just giving myself no escape from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, it was like, well, if I'm not doing that, you know, like, if I'm not doing that, then I'm on. I'm handling stuff for the Twitter, and then I'm all. I'm still interacting with stuff. If I'm not doing that, it's other stuff. Um. So I guess yeah, the other one is uh, don't be afraid of giving yourself breaks away from the stuff that you're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. As well. <laughs> Yeah, everything I every piece of like um, advice I have is simple like mental health stuff. For one thing, my big recommendation is have someone in your life who can check what you're doing. And I'm not saying yeah. that in yeah, I'm not saying that even in like um have an editor or, or like someone doing your lighting or whatever. Although that would help if you can get it. What I'm saying is have someone out there to bounce off ideas with. Yes. So you're not just doing it completely isolated. Because I feel like that is the major thing that kind of snaps you. You mm. when if you do, especially in a kind of like 
in an environment like this where like one of the positives is that you can just make stuff on your own and get it out there that's great but it also means that for the longest point you are on your own with your stuff and that can get really like you can you can get tunnel vision and subsumed into that very easily um my next bit of advice and this is just some brass tacks this environment is very toxic for creatives i think we all know it it's yes. an open secret <laughs> and if you want to get into it you have to be very aware of it mm. you cannot go into it thinking that you're like it's gonna be all sunshine and rainbows it is not there are people who are getting burnt out and quitting all the time you hear it all the time so find some way find some way and some schedule that you can reasonably handle yeah and it's i feel like that's a really i cannot emphasize that enough everything else like you said if you like find your little corner and just go for it don't be afraid about it just do it you will eventually find your audience there are audiences watching like i have spent the last three weeks watching nothing but sopranos clips you will find some people <laughs> you will find people doing watching random shit and you will get someone watching it exactly exactly so like i that's my main thing just just know what you're getting into is is yeah. my main thing <laughs> Good advice, Raiden. Good advice. What okay, do we have any more questions? I've got a few here from a good friend of mine who wanted to, to, to chime in with a couple of questions. Now, one of the first question was, because she knew of my uh, previous experience, what was my favourite video to work on at What Culture? Uh, that's a really good question. So I had a look through this morning of all of my entire archive of the stuff I did for What Culture. And I will say... Probably the one I worked on that I had a lot of fun working on was uh, the Adam's Pipe Bomb video on um, Vince McMahon is a terrible oh, genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is one I saw out in the wild before knowing it was you. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Another one that was probably the most popular one I have was the 10 things WWE don't want you to know about Stephanie McMahon. Uh, that's the most yeah. one in terms of like clicks, views, likes, comments. That was the one that's the most popular one out there. But the the the, the Vince McMahon is a terrible genius is probably my personal favorite one. Uh, that was a lot of fun editing that one, and actually always working with Adam Blompier was always uh, an enjoyable experience. He was a very consummate professional guy. Always was willing to help out. Can't say the same for certain people in that company um, as well, but Oof. I won't name names for obvious reasons. Uh, but that was no, that was my personal favorite one, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a weird uh, year experience that was working for what culture for sure, um, and it's an, it's uh, it's an interesting little fact that I don't really get to talk about a lot with people. Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny how that actually doesn't come up much on the podcast. Strange, yeah, isn't it? it is. I've, I mean, as I said, I've mentioned it in offhanded comments here and there, of course, but it never, it's never properly come up that way, you know. <laughs> it's strange. It's strange, isn't it? Because a lot of people would, yeah. think, oh, former former guy at one of the most popular channels, you'd think, you know, that guy would be absolutely popular, and uh, no, not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily. But I guess in that way. I, 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 in on a personal note, I prefer it that way. 
Yeah. Because this has been a very organic thing and it's been, you know, it's been such an amazing experience being able to do that with you too and build this little thing. Well, thank you. (laughs) So another couple of questions. Your favourite accidental elimination of a Royal Rumble? Oh, it's it's it. The boring answer is the correct one. It's Batista Cena. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say. I think it's got to be Batista Cena. Batista Cena. Like, come on. I mean, a second is uh, the Ringmaster, where he was supposed he was supposed where Steve Austin was supposed to be in the final four in the I believe it was ninety six Rumble, but because the uh, the ropes were so sweaty and coated in baby oil, when he tried to skin the cat, he he when he got clotheslined over by Shawn Michaels, he his fingers slipped off the ropes and he got eliminated. <laughs> But no, it's Cena Batista because it was so damn perfect how the pair of them landed in, on in tandem. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and the final one for my friend: your favorite gear of a male or female wrestler, and you both know for me, it's Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no questions. <laughs> what about you two? Oh God, I you know. It has to be the light up jacket, Chris Jericho's light up jacket. <laughs> Just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Fucking incredible. <laughs> Good choice, Dan. Uh, for me, oh, that's a, <clears throat> that's a toughie. <clears throat> uh, I'd probably say just generally. Uh, for the for the amount of hits that he's had, Rey Mysterio and his like themed gear. Oh yes. yeah, yes. Um, for female, uh, it's probably gonna be boring for anyone that knows me, but I have the eternal image of Bull Nakano walking to the ring attached in my head, so probably yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, f- female, it has to be Naomi. Like I seem to be the yeah. light up guy. Anything that lights up. I'm I mean, like yes. A, I, I mean, yes. Light up stuff does activate my goblin brain, where I'm like, "Ooh, shiny, lighty, sparkly." Yes. Yeah. But feel the glow, baby, Naomi. Yeah, feel the glow. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hanakamura for me. Yeah. 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 That's a fair one. She was. She had some so really iconic, squad. A really iconic ring gear for sure. Uh, and that's probably that's all the questions from my friend there, Reardon. Yeah. Do you have any questions? From anyone, uh, or is that? No, actually, I I did go through the channel. I didn't get I didn't get anyone. You <laughs> bastards! But um, <laughs> calling you out, calling everyone out there is. <laughs> I'm calling all of you out, especially you, Holman. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> all right then. So I guess that is where we are going to wrap up with today's yep. Q and A session, and. Gosh, man, what a year it's been. You can say that again. <laughs> yes. Agreed. It's it's I it's just everything. Everything I could have possibly imagined would happen. Not only has, but it's far exceeded my expectations of what was possible with this podcast. Oh God, I didn't expect shit from this podcast, and I mean that with all love. No, like, yeah. <laughs> I think we all, I think we all thought that. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, well, because my, ex- my my attitude to things is always: if I go in expecting the bare minimum, anything is improvement. Exactly, exactly. And yet here we are, fifty-one episodes in, and 
boy, it's been a hell of an experience. I've enjoyed oh. every single second of it. Mm. Absolutely. It has been a joy to do this. Absolute joy. And as and as I've said on numerous occasions outside of the podcast and a couple of times in here, you've given me renewed uh, passion and ambition for everything in my life, you two, with this thing. So from the bottom of my heart, honestly, thank you. Okay, okay actually, here's my question from the, for the Q&A. How great am I? That's my question. <laughs> oh, you are so damn great. Thank you. Honestly. Scale of one to ten, you are a fifteen. Mwah. There we go. <laughs> Ravishing Reardon's no. back again. <laughs> oh, Ravishing Don't start. I will take that. Don't start. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh man. So yeah, fifty-one episodes, Dad, and boy, we ain't stopping. We have got a load of great oh, episodes God, planned. Not... We've, got, we've got some great episodes planned. We're going to be doing some a couple of more live streams. I'm so looking forward to our next one happening soon. As well as video content, yep. we've got a couple of interviews in the pipeline that I'm very, very excited yep. to, to get out to the world and, and, and happen. So, yeah, full steam ahead. We are, we're still doing. We're still rocking. We're still going. And I'm so oh, yeah. excited. Let's um, go. So, next episode, talking of all this, next episode, in light and in lieu of pride, uh, Pride Month here in June, we're going to be talking about LGBTQ plus wrestling. Um, I'm going to go through everything from Gorgeous George all the way to Jake Atlas and Sonya Deville, among many, many more. With a short stop gap, of course, talking about gold dust, because, of course, that needs to be talked about when we're talking about yeah. this. In, in a, like, there's going to be a lot of tea... But there's also going to be a lot of love. Let's see how this goes. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's like the thing we said, which is like, when, when, it, come, when it comes to wrestling, th there's, there's a lot of tea. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of demons we need to exercise first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that's going to be a hell of an episode to go over. So no, I'm very much looking forward to that. And gents, man... Here's the here's the fifty more. Let's go. Duty, duty. But until next time, I've been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And from the bottom of our hearts, thank you ever so much for supporting us this entire journey. We've got some. We've got actually quite a big announcement to come very, very, very soon, which we'll let people know on uh, on social media. And I guess we will let people know on our next next episode. Yeah, yeah. So until then, I've been Sam, this has been Dan and Reardon, as I said, and you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you as ever on the next one. Bye, everybody! No more questions, damn it. It's <laughs>